0: I'm fortunate to be visiting David Arsenal uh, Jr. for today's episode in his office. Coach Dave is the head men's basketball coach at Grinnell College in Iowa, where he was a standout player for his father. Grinnell, of course, is known for its system, a fast-paced style that employs trapping all over the court and some quick shooting. Before taking over at Grinnell, Arsenal was the head coach at the Reno Bighorns for two years, including a season where he set a D-League record for offensive efficiency. Coach Dave, thanks for some, ta- uh, taking some time to talk some basketball with us today. How's everything in Grinnell?
1: Everything in Grinnell is awesome. I I greatly appreciate the chance to to chat with you. Love talking hoops and and uh, you know I'm just excited to get to know another great basketball mind.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Obviously, we'll talk about the system, but I'm trying to you know ask some uh, little different questions or come from some different uh, different places here. But you know, first thing, when you picture the ideal way of playing basketball. I mean, why? Why is it the system?
1: I think that my favorite, my favorite part about the system is, is um, the things that you can achieve if everybody is bought in completely. You know, and and they, that there are so many different ways to play the game of basketball. Uh, but for me, like, like the the, the thought of beating another team—that if you just looked at the two teams and and two line layups uh you would clearly say that one team has no chance and the other team is, is 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 far superior and so for me like some of the effects of the system are when you're playing 15 16 17 guys and they're all just bought into play as hard as they possibly can for whatever time they get that they're going to be able to overachieve against mm-hmm. guys that are maybe uh, uh superior athletes but are pacing themselves
0: this is my first time to Iowa, and it's my first time to Grinnell, you know. Well, you, you,
1: well, you should explain why why you're in Grinnell, because you're like the guest of honor around these parts.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I'm uh, getting a, a little uh, honorary uh, degree here at uh, Grinnell. I've uh, got a student that is graduating from here, and she's, uh, you know, put me up for this uh, honor, and I uh, was chosen, and so I'm out here. Uh, but, uh, you know, here it's not necessarily easy to get to Grinnell. I mean, you know, like and you you identify it like, you know, three miles anyway from where we're sitting is a cornfield. Right. And so, you know, can you kind of talk about the the genesis of, you know, kind of the location where the school was at when your dad took over and how that kind of, uh, you know, kind of morphed into what we're what we're doing today?
1: Yeah, I mean, Grinnell Grinnell College is a highly highly selective liberal arts college. Student body of like sixteen to seventeen hundred students. Very few students from the state of Iowa. I mean, we have two to three times more international students at Grinnell College than we do students from the state of Iowa. And uh, I mean, it's unique in the sense that we're in a pretty conservative state generally, but the school is 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 relatively liberal. And uh, you know, so so for us, like the challenge recruiting wise and I understand everybody has their own challenges with their program one of our challenges is like the recruiting aspect that we're located in central Iowa cornfields three miles any direction uh you you need to be um incredibly bright to to even have a chance to get admitted regardless of how good of a basketball player a three-point shooter you are you know and and so uh for us trying to find guys and get them to come to Grinnell is is a tall task you know and and uh I think my dad realized that pretty early on. And that kind of gave way to uh, the style of play that he implemented. Mm
0: -hmm. So does it ever get frustrating when you hear that the system is a gimmick? Um,
1: You know, not really, because I think some parts of it are a little bit gimmicky, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we're, 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 we're playing the game like, like, like nobody else does, you know, when we're pressing and we're we're supping five guys on and off the floor and, but there are so many different styles out there that i would say are, are are a little gimmicky generally if everybody ran the same stuff at the same time the team that had the best players or best athletes is probably going to win you know mm-hmm. you know and so uh the the strategy part of this is that like right coaches uh should always be trying to be innovative and thinking of new ways to play the game and figure out uh advantages that they can that fit their setup uh to give them a, an advantage against a team that might have just Flat out, better athletes. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, seeing the numbers, the three-point shooting numbers in the NBA, um, and then the increase of play at the different levels. Like, we, we my program, we want to play fast. And, like, we were up to 56 points per game. And but we're like, no, we want to get up to 65. And then, you know, so just that that seeing that pace of play pick up, I mean, there's got to be some satisfaction because you guys were kind of at the four. I mean, you were doing this before it was becoming normalized, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's well, it was my dad really doing it before it became normalized. And I think that people looked at him like uh, like. Like he was absolutely crazy, and he is a little bit crazy. But um, you know, I, I I think that now, if you're not trying to push the pace, and if you're not shooting threes, then you have actually become the crazy one in this day and age, right? Like with the analytics, and and um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think my my dad, Dave Arson Senior, like he just kind of figured. He figured something out early, whether it was by luck or whether it was just out of necessity uh, based on the situation, but figured something out about trying to maximize three-point shots, trying to, to spread the floor and create this pace. And, um, you know, for me, I, th- I, I think that there are a new set of challenges where, where more teams are trying to play that way. Uh, it takes more creativity for us to be unique and continue to try to push the envelope and do something different. So
0: that's I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about this. I mean, um, you know, it, you were in the news recently from a game where you your team only shot 3-point field goals, you know. I mean, where does that courage come from from you to try to experiment and try try new things?
1: I it certainly helps like that this is the way I've I've grown up watching basketball be played, you know, that that my dad was the head coach here for 29 years and that I played for him. Um, That when I got hired, even to the D League, uh, to be the head coach out there, like they just gave me full autonomy to do what I wanted to do, you know, and to experiment. And so I think just like ingrained in me is like that basketball is a game where where you can uh, showcase creativity and you can experiment with a lot of different things and you can try new things out. I, I realize that might not. Uh, be true for everybody, right like we 're living in a day and age where um, I think there's there 's more pressure and people want to see results and and even depending on the level i mean now it's it's it 's creeping into division three basketball or to the high school level where you need to win or or uh you 're feeling pressure um, and i don 't know. I don't know, you know, so I I understand that can't be for everybody. But for me, I've just felt fortunate to be in a position where I've been allowed to kind of express that creativity and 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 test new things out. And so the the game where we took only only three point shots, you know, I've been thinking about this and, and actually talking with my dad about this for for. For probably around a decade, you know, and just thinking about what what would happen, like how would the other team adjust, when would it be the right time for us to try it, like based on the opponent, based on where we are in the season, based on what I thought we could use to improve on, you know, driving and kicking. Obviously, like, you you can't just dribble it down and shoot it every single time uh, from the three-point line. So there's going to still be some skill development in there on how you're creating those three-point shots. And so, uh, yeah, I guess that's where a lot of our ideas come from, maybe around the dinner table or just talking to different people. Uh, I, I, I... keep a a little box right here on my desk that if I ever think of a crazy idea or I'm talking to somebody about a crazy idea, I'll put it in there that some of them are too crazy to probably ever try. But, um, you know, that's I think that's kind of how 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 the thoughts flow a little bit.
0: And so what was kind of what was your takeaway from that game? I mean, what did you learn and what you know, did you implement anything going forward from what you learned, you know, shooting all threes? Yeah, well, I I think
1: my most disappointing takeaway was that I missed the game cuz I had the flu. <laughs> uh after all this planning and thinking about it, I I couldn't even be there, but I actually thought we got a ton of mileage out of it, right? Like uh it didn't look if you if you it, when I went back and rewatched the film, we weren't very comfortable trying to play that way in the first half. Like things were a little forced, we were just we, we weren't doing what I was hoping we would get out of it, which was to attack the basket, get multiple paint touches, uh, be screening on the weak side while that was happening, uh, sell that we wanted to get all the way to the rim while knowing that we wanted to kick out to a three point shot and things started clicking a little bit more in the second half, you know? And so I thought that there were some really good things that, 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 that we got out of it. I, you know, I think that we were, are going to need to see more in terms of, uh, what is a tipping f- point for what the percentage of, of of three point shots and like the total shot breakdown should be, and and is there a tipping point? Even I don't know, but um, you know, I thought that there were a lot of th- a lot of great things that we got out of it, and also um, at the end of the day, creating a memory for the guys in our program, you know, and something that's never been done before in the game of basketball.
0: Well, I think you know, marketing wise, I mean, I, you know, it's got to be a big thing because you walk around my you know, before my, my student came here, my knowledge of, Gr- I had a knowledge of Grinnell, a small school in Iowa that most, you know, in most cases, like people wouldn't know. So, you know, I mean, uh, marketing wise, it just, uh, you know, it's, it, it probably is awesome, right?
1: I mean, it's, 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 it is good. It's helpful from like a recruiting perspective. Um, uh, what I think it's most helpful with is is honestly like the guys on our team, like that they're feeling like they're a part of a program that's gonna be innovative, and doing something different and has a chance to do stuff in the game of basketball that's never been done before, you know, and, and to, uh, to get their reactions or to see their reactions when something like that happens, it is, is, is pretty special because again, it's about like creating this memory and creating this, this team environment where guys are excited to come to the gym and are looking forward to the next day of practice mm-hmm. and the competition. And yeah, we want to win, of course, you know, but there are other elements to, to, to having a successful team and to building a program that, that uh that that are that are
0: important I mean are the players coming up to you and say, "Hey, coach, what about this
1: uh it has happened at times <laughs> uh you know we've we've tried a few unorthodox things even for us throughout the throughout the year and um, you know, it's always important, of course, to run these ideas by the guys on the team to, to make sure that we are going to have their buy in uh, right from the outset. And I think that, again, that's just become part of our program, that these guys are willing to experiment and want to try new things. All right.
0: So, you know, obviously, there's the playing system. I mean, what, what about your culture system? I mean, what, what are some of the key elements of that? And, you know, as a coach, what, what you know, what are the principles that kind of drive you?
1: yeah it's well it's it's so interesting because it's 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 changed you know and i I think that um I don't know if it is some of these outside influences or pressures that I'm sure coaches around the country are facing and wanting to wanting to win but it seems like now more than ever there is this this type of pressure and that probably starts at the very top right like in the NBA I just saw the what the last four NBA championship coaches have have all been let go
0: yeah who would have thought Doc Rivers would get fired I I mean it's just
1: the the last four NBA champions and and like that to me is just crazy you would have thought that that would that that you're not going to win the title every single year um and and so I I think that um for us like winning and that is really at all levels has now kind of just been forced into trying to be a bigger part of 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 what we're doing mm-hmm. you know and so I think for me as a coach it's not making winning take a back seat mm-hmm. but it's the that, that still as a coach we need to emphasize a lot of the other stuff as well you know which is which is how to become a leader how to be a great teammate how to develop a skill set you know how are you going to respond when there's Um, some type of adversity that hits your team and in a way try to let the process of winning the basketball games take care of itself if 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 you're going about things things the right way
0: so you know i guess traditionally you know we're looking at probably you know 10 to 12 kids on a team and then you know six to eight of them playing You, you know you're 14 15 16 so you know how do leaders emerge you know what's that process look like
1: that is it's it's uh it is an interesting process and and we're going to be going through it again like with this with this upcoming season we're only going to have one senior on our roster mm-hmm. you know and, and our two captains as voted on by the guys on the team are are, are two are two juniors you know rising juniors and so um, when you're playing 15 16 17 guys when you have 22 or 23 guys on 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 your roster um, there are there are a lot of different ways that leaders are going to emerge you know there are going to be the guys that are leading by example out of season, whether that 's attending like the open gyms in in the weight room following the strength program. there are going to be guys that are probably just going to be leaders because they 're your best players mm. you know and that doesn 't mean that they 're going to be a great leader uh, though it kind of gives them a leg up in in some sense because they 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 already have the basketball respect from their peers. Right. And they can kind of see that, you know, and uh, then you're going to get guys we had. We are graduating this weekend. uh, One of the very best leaders that we've ever had, Um, you know, this this senior by the name of Brady Vest, who I'm really happy he's getting into coaching because uh, he's already got a G.A. spot because he was like the ultimate glue guy in a in a system that is known for guys scoring a a ton of points he was a guy playing like the left wing that was screening offensive rebounding defending just always in the right spot always out hustling the other guy that and in some ways it's 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 much harder to find that guy than it is for me to find a guy that can score 25 points a game because not everybody wants to play that role you know but um how did he emerge as a leader um you know he didn't play a ton as a as a as a first year but he was completely bought in And, uh, and then he was just a guy that, that wanted to win, you know, and really wanted to do anything that he could to win. And, and he'll, he'll, he will absolutely be missed here as we're moving forward.
0: So can you talk a little bit about your time with the Reno, Reno Beacorns and kind of what, what you learned there? And I guess, you know, I, well, I'll ask you the next question after, after that, just what, what was that experience like? The experience was awesome. Uh, the, the, the two things that I learned the most
1: about, like one obviously like the X's and O's, the spacing in the NBA game, it's all about that spacing, and it helps that they have the illegal defense rule in place uh, for the spacing. But that was number one, and then two, probably the more important thing was was um, communication. You know, in um, in a situation where we had like thirty different players throughout the year in a roster that can only have ten players on it at a given time, uh, we have guys flying in that are playing in a game the same day that they've flown in to meet the team for the first time, um, you know, or just guys coming from such different backgrounds, not, not only like different parts of the world, but different backgrounds in terms of guys that maybe have gone to five colleges in, in three years, you know, or um, had some trouble or were first round NBA draft picks that bounced around and, 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 and got cut. Um, and so just figuring out a way to, to try to build trust and communicate and lay out expectations. And for me, that was like my biggest takeaway, just, Mm. just trying to understand how to try to communicate with people from, uh, from different basketball backgrounds and how to try to get them to buy into a common goal of, of helping the team.
0: So, you know, let's think about these last five years. I mean, what are some of the big lessons that you've learned over that, that time? I mean, obviously we were just talking, uh, before we got going that, you know, you missed 20 months because of, uh, COVID, you know, but what are some of these things that you've, you've learned that maybe you didn't, you didn't see when dad was coaching?
1: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, having having basketball stripped out of my life for, for 20 months was 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 brutal. And I realized that there were so many other things going on in the world that were much worse than, you know, me not having basketball in my life. But uh, for me, just, like, appreciating the, the, the chance. And I was just, I, you know, we were just talking before we hopped on. Like, we had an incredible season two years ago where uh, we, we won 16 games, which might not sound incredible, but after a 20-month layoff, uh, with the collection of guys that we had, our roster kind of being decimated because of of the effects of COVID, um, just getting back in the gym, and I I was I was just thinking, geez, you know, I I should have enjoyed that run more, you know, because it's 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 more likely than not that even if you're probably winning, there's gonna be there's gonna be ton, there's just gonna be other factors that are going in that make it more stressful or make the season hard, and and when you do find a group uh, like I had that year that just they competed hard, they were unselfish, and they were winning basketball games. like it's, 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 it's like a dream season in a way.
0: So one of the things, you know, I was listening to another interview that you did, and, and one of the things that you pointed out was that kind of, you know, there, there's the system, but the system changes from year to year, right? And so, you know, c- just kind of talk about, you know, what, what factors go into, okay, this year this is what we are going to, what we are going to do.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it, it does change every year. Um, you know, I, I think, like, the, the, the first factor that go to, goes into it is, like, what does our personnel look like? You know, and and while we are going to have some of these common principles of our substitution pattern or that we want to play with a 12-second shot clock, that we want to primarily try to take inside-out three-point shots or shots at the rim, like, there are other things that can dictate just how aggressive or conservatively or how we're going to create those shots um, you know, some variations have included a handful of years ago, we had two to three guys that were like six foot eight, not really three point shooters, but could play above the rim and protect the rim, you know, and, and their strong suit wasn't stepping up to pick off passes in our press. Their strong suit was going vertical at the rim or mm-hmm. pinning shots on the board. And, and, and we led the country and block shots. And so we adjusted how we played defensively, right? Like we still wanted to play really fast and try to lead the country in scoring. Um, but we weren't quite as aggressive stepping up to look to pick off passes and more trying to funnel them into these two-on-one situations where we would have an advantage, I felt like. And, you know, as I look to this upcoming year, uh, we're going to have A much more guard, point guard, like two, three, sometimes even four point guards kind of on the floor together. And that's just going to change how we have to attack teams. You know, we're going to have our, our quote unquote, big guys are going to be, uh, not so much rim protectors, but three point shooters, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's going to change how we're spacing teams out and just how we kind of get into our offense. And so, um, you know, some of the principles again are going to stay the same in terms of the lanes that we run after we get scored on. But what do we look for from that point? Do we look for more kick ahead passes? Are we looking to attack in this spot? Are more people looking to attack and less players just being kind of catch and swing, ball reversal types of guys? Like those are some of the things that that will will change a little bit as we as we as I get to know our personnel better.
0: Call this the transition from transition. I mean, obviously, you guys want to get a shot up quickly and so talk about maybe for you guys you know that next six seconds if we don't get a shot off uh, you know right away i mean what 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 are some of the basic principles that you're running to you know in that next six seconds get to get a shot off
1: yeah so again this this will depend largely on our personnel mm-hmm. and um you know when we had jack taylor who infamously scored 138 points in a game jack just needed the basketball in his hands he needed nobody else around him and he was going to create a shot. Just give him the ball and get out of his way, you know. And if they brought a double from way over, he was skilled enough to be able to make a pass, and then we get a wide open shot anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had we've had some other guys that uh, I'm thinking back to the 90s where we had this guy by the name of of, of Ed Brands, and he was like six five and could elevate two and a half to three feet on his on his jump shot. He'd come off dribble handoffs or he'd come off tight curl screens, you know, but. It, there had to be some other type of timing in that, right? Like with the guy that delivered the basketball. Um, and so essentially, when after we run our transition lanes and the point guard has taken taken a pass, they've looked for a headman pass, then they've looked to see if they can create a three-point shot themselves or to attack the rim and then see if there's any type of breakdown, right? And the breakdown could occur where they're finishing at the rim. They're kicking it back to the trail man for a three. They're throwing a, a skip pass to the opposite fade corner for a three-point shot. You know, but there is no breakdown, and then there's a pass that is is thrown to somebody, and it's not for a shot. Um, what do we do then? Uh, what we do then is going to be largely based on determined by our personnel. You know, and and uh, looking at who is our most skilled offensive player, who is somebody that is going to command a double team that the other team is going to key on, and then how can we play off of that? You know, and um, like I said, there's been so many different variations. There was a guy that we had who was a like a six five point guard, and he was incredible in the mid post. You know, so we just figured out a way to get him the ball there. Hey, pick your boys and You want to come and double him? That's actually what we want. We want to kick it out for a three point shot. If you don't, he's going to get to the rim. He's going to pick up fouls on people. That type of thing. All
0: right. Can you talk about uh, what you're teaching those guys that are driving? I mean, you know, just uh, uh, just kind of the mechanics of getting to the rim and what they're looking for yeah so um
1: i mean i think the most important thing is we want them to play off of two feet Mm -hmm. around the rim you know we have spots on the floor that i i say hey we want you to try to get here and in most cases it doesn't really matter how long it takes you to get there Mm -hmm. because things are going to be so spread out but here's where we want you to get get to Uh, here's how guys are going to be moving around you. Here's what the opposite side of the floor is going to be looking like. Here's how we want you to make a pass. You know, if you're throwing it across court, here's the – you're going overhead. You're going from this angle. If you're on the same side, here's kind of how you're making it. Um, You know, so there are are certain drills that we do like that, but I think the number one thing is, like, getting guys to play off of two feet. doesn't necessarily mean like an old-school jump-stop-pump fake, though those are – I, I am partial to those, uh, but it just means some type of balance and some type of control and, and uh, less likely to pick up an offensive foul, those types of things.
0: So uh, and then what about uh, the people on the perimeter? You know, you talked about you're a little disappointed on the backside screening and stuff like that. I mean, what what are kind of their uh, concepts that they're thinking about as is this guy's driving? Yeah, their
1: concepts uh, vary a little bit based on 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 personnel. Mm-hmm. You know, I I mean, I think I think generally we have an established pecking order when a group of five guys goes on the floor, so that if two of them are standing next to each other, one of them has to know if they're the better shooter. The other one knows that they're that they're a lesser shooter mm-hmm. and. I'll also gladly point point that out to them if, 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 if need be, um, you know, and so they're thinking about how can they step into, to, to set a flare screen or to set a pin down screen, or maybe their, their, their best bet is to actually be slip cutting to the basket. Like, and so we have kind of defined roles in that. And, and, um, again, not wanting to completely pigeonhole somebody because pe- players can change, right? Players can grow, they can develop. Um, but just giving them a few things, seeing what it looks like when they do it on their own, especially early in the season, early in practice, and then guiding them in the direction that I feel like is going to be best suited suited for the team. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, I think, uh, you know, again, talking, people have, like, this idea of the system and what Grinnell does, you know, and, like, if you ask those people, it's like, oh, they don't play defense, you know. But that's further from the furthest from the truth, right? Um, you know, you you guys led the country and blocked shots. Now, obviously, more shots were going up, so that played a little role in it. But you know, that was obviously something you looked on. So, talk a little bit to those people out there that like Grinnell doesn't play defense, and I'm guessing you might ask them to come and come to a practice sometime. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's 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 uh i i I can understand why why people would think that you know in the same way that I could understand why people would say you know twenty five years ago you're only jacking up threes you know and and uh and they might not be saying that now because it's more commonplace that other teams are are shooting threes. I think that our defense is still I don't know if it's confusing for people or it's certainly you know not normal it's not what they're used to seeing if you turn on any any basketball game pretty much you're not seeing a team picking up full court um uh unless it's maybe at the end of the game you know and so uh we just want to play a different brand of defense we want to try to get the ball back in 10 seconds you know, we're going to double team the basketball wherever it goes. We're not going to allow another team to run a set play for the entire game. Uh, it, it, we're not afraid to get scored on. Doesn't mean we want to get scored on, but a byproduct of double teaming the basketball wherever it goes is that sometimes you do you do get dunked on very quickly, and it looks like you're not playing any defense, despite <laughs> despite us uh, trying to actually play defense. And so, um, no, I mean, I I, I think that uh, that has evolved as well over the years. That will continue to f- evolve every single year based on our personnel, just how aggressive we are at different. Stages of our of our defense. I will be very interested to see how uh, the rules of the game continue to change too. You know, I'm I'm thinking about one big one, which is the shot clock. Um, it seems like pace continues to increase. Um, if the shot clock drops down to 24, which is what I had in the D league, we actually went away from pressing or we could press mm-hmm. and then back into a more traditional half court defense because the pace was already going to be there. And so, you know, as, as the rules of the game change, as the three point line gets longer, so many things can, can happen that might want to just dictate how somebody adjusts adjust their philosophy.
0: All right, so I appreciate your time. I got uh, one more question for you, and so you know, here just to ask. I mean, is is this a system that can win championships? I mean, I think so. I I uh, I, I think that
1: I think that generally, just about any basketball system can probably can probably win championships if things fall into place and it usually takes a little bit of luck as well but um you know I I I certainly feel like it can um I feel like with what we've done and it's kind of up to me right like to figure out the tweaks that need to be made for the set of rules or the guys that we have to get us in a position to do that you know if somebody were to ask me hey are you winning a division three national championship anytime soon I would say no we're not we're not we're not at that level but that's 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 not because of the system that we're running. you know I think you run any we could run any system and and and, uh, and, and not not get there. Uh, that's more of because of other other factors, but um, I definitely think that uh, that this system um, and when I say this system, I mean everybody's own version of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, because yeah. you have to change it somehow.
1: Uh, is is a way that that you can you can you can win win a championship.
0: All right. and I lied. I got one more question for you. How's the golf team? How do they do this year? Oh, women's golf team. Yeah. This is actually my last year coaching the
1: women's okay, golf team. Right. Uh, we finished ranked in the top twenty five in the country. Uh, won our tenth straight conference championship. Uh, I, it's like. Um, it's a little bit bittersweet. I'm going to miss the women on the team uh, because I love coaching the women's golf team. But at the same time, I think it's good because it's going to allow me to focus a little bit more on basketball and give that program the attention that that, that it de- deserves. And it's going to give the women's golfers a, a, a coach who's just focused solely on golf that is going to give them the attention they deserve as well.
0: All right. Well, Coach, it's been a pleasure. And just I, like... You guys have a beautiful campus, and great things are uh, happening here. Just in my 24 hours that I've been here, so really appreciate uh, re- really appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Thanks, I appreciate it, Coach.